Do you know the World Athletic Championships are going on right now? Yeah, you've been telling me like three days. I've been telling you that? Do you know the Canadians are in it? No. Did you, did you know that... Did you know that Russia's a Canadian band? Mm-mm. What you say about this company is what you say about society. <laughs> They're always speaking Canadian, though. I don't understand. Speak, speak America, man. Freaking Canadians. I was saying Canadian shit, motherfuckers. Exit the warrior, today's Tom Sawyer, he gets high on you. The spaces invade, he invades on you. The fuck, man, Rush. How's Rush so big? Why is Rush? Like, like they're just so Rush-like, right? You know, they're so Canadian. You know, they're all sanctimonious up there. Just talking about Tom Sawyer. As if some metaphor for some bullshit. They're too quiet up there, those Canadians. You know what I mean? Alanis Morissette. Ryan Reynolds. They're little smug little smirks. They're little... They're little condescending little... You know... Fucking... The only only Canadian I can really get down with, I think, is like uh, Bieber. The Biebs. Or uh, Harlan Williams, <laughs> the comedian. Yeah. Or Jim Carrey. Although he's a little full of himself, too, you gotta think, you know. But he's very talented. But, but whatever. 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 I was speaking Canadian. Like Terrence and Philip, their heads are separating, you know, in typical Canadian fashion. Fuck. Well, there's a lot to get to. A lot to get to. I can't believe it's already been a week since the the, ha- <clears throat> the haunted Airbnb. I was just thinking about that this morning. And now I'm getting dispatches from Ireland. From my boy. Well, from the twins. The boy, really, he's, he's, he's uh, sending me all kinds of weird pics via Instagram. You know, a lot of, mostly in fields big pastures and I all I respond back because yep I probably slept in that field yep I probably probably I definitely slept in that field a lot of cobblestone bridges over like waterways a lot of big grassy I mean here it is it's so hot in August you know in the states we got well it's a little balmy today I got this hurricane coming in, and um, but out in Ireland it's like damp, <laughs> damp and green. Like it's always green. Like there's no like we don't they don't go through like the same drying period. It's always just it seems like it's always cold and damp. And the closer you get to the the shore, the seashores, the colder and damper it gets. Right. It's part of their charm. It's part of their charm, right? And uh, so, yeah, the twins are out there for, I think, another week or so. I don't know. And then um, back to the grind. 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, the world championships are happening. So far, so far, Noah Lyles has won the 100 meters in one of the early events, 9.82. No sign of Fred Curley. Uh, some Botswana, like a dude from Botswana got second. Broke this national record, but um, Noah Lyles, he's on fire. He's talking about breaking uh, Usain Bolt's world record in the 200 meters. That's, that's, that, ooh, it's going to take an extra gear. Going to take an extra gear in you. 1919, I mean, good Lord. Like I said, years ago it was like, the world record holder was uh, Pietro Manea from Italy, of all people. What the fuck? At 19.72, and then um, the American record holder was uh, Calvin Smith. Was it Calvin Smith at like 19.75 or something? Yeah, I think that's right. And then Carl Lewis ran like a 19.9 or something. But, but once Michael Johnson came along in '96, it was all all bets were off when he ran nineteen three two in the '96 games in Atlanta. And then Fred, or not Fred uh, Curley, but um, Noah Lyles just broke his American record last year, nineteen thirty one. But 1919, that's a tall order, man. You gotta have everything firing on all your pistons, all your fucking plugs. Gotta be going. But we'll see. Uh, what else? Shakari Richardson's made the semis. Uh, I think the women's hundred meter finals today or yesterday. Yesterday. And then the ten thousand meters. Woody Kincaid, eleventh place, twenty-eight oh. Eight, I think. Winner was Joseph Chick Tig Dig 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 from Uganda. Chip the jig, tig 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 chip the jig, chip the gig. You try and say those names, motherfucker. Uh, the Ugandan, the world record holder, I believe he is the world record holder at twenty six eleven, which is just hard to even think about. But he ran 2751 to take the 10,000 meter world title. There there must be I don't know what's going on. There's delays like weather delays. It's kind of I think they've been dealing with some storms. And uh or it's hot or it's balmy or it's humid. I don't know. It's in Budapest, man. Who's the best in Budapest? But it's Hungary, man. Like maybe it's balmy, maybe it's humid. Maybe it's like the European Florida. I don't know. But the women's 10,000 meters uh Sifan Hassan was supposed to well, she is tripling. She's doing the 5,000, 10,000, and the 1,500. And she'd run the 1,500 semis earlier in the day or the day before. And then they ran the women's 10,000-meter final. And she was coming. I mean, she was in position to win. She won She won at last world championships. She, she won the 5 and 10 and then third in the 1,500. And uh, But this time she fell with 50 meters to go. Like she was in the hunt. And just ate shit and walked across in 11th place. Like, fuck. And the winner was only like 31... 31-something, 31, 31-20. 31, I think uh, the first American was 5th or 6th. But 
yeah, just slow times. It's balmy, weather, delays, stuff like that. So you just got to, you just got to, you know, it's not an exact science, right? Take what you can get. It's, um, it's a, it's a rough business, you know, if you can imagine just kind of being kind of pushed through holding bays into like waiting pens and then delays and then um weather delays and then you're sitting in folding chairs waiting for your event and then the weather comes and then it's delayed and you're just fucking sitting in this big stadium and the people are rocking you know and uh but no action because it's uh they gotta i don't know but they gotta wait for something and so it's hard and these guys have been holding their peak for like god i mean it was a it was the beginning of the year february march or something when um woody kincaid and joe klecker ran 2707 2706 and then they're expected to hold that peak through the the u.s nationals to make the team then the world championships, which are a month later, you're holding that peak, man. It's, it's takes a little something extra in you, but so old Woody Kincaid was the top finisher for the men's, for American men in the 10,000 at 11th. And then Sean McGordy got uh, 16th and then Joe Klecker way back. Uh, see, I got, I, Joe Klecker only ran like 29.09. Like, that's such a pedestrian time, you know? Something, I don't know what happened. The weather, the delays. But you always, it's, it's, it's always kind of a inexact science dealing with shit like that. Dealing with championship heats, results, weather, timing, holding your peak for eight months. Just fucking insane. So... But as we speak, they've been evacuating Catalina Island. I was watching, I was doing old white man shit, just watching the Weather Channel, talking my my 21-year-old down there. So, <clears throat> Friday, so she's down there. So, Friday Friday was like, oh, God, Friday was a day. Because I'm still, I, 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 I went and I got, I got the parts for my car that I needed. And that was, was that Friday, Friday morning? No, Thursday morning. So Friday morning, I get up. I knew they were going to give me an early route, 9 a.m. I could, I could just feel it. So I was totally prepared, though. Still, my car is, there's some, I think it's a fuel pump. Now I think it's a fuel pump. And I don't know what's going on. But, so I'm still using my lady's car. Luckily, like, we, I, by some stroke of luck, we basically have the same schedule. We begin and end at the same time at the same place. So I just drop. So, but I had to go in early. She doesn't start till 1045, but I had to be there at nine to pick up the deliveries for a couple of hospitals up in the foot of the Placerville hospital at Marshall Sutter Amador up in Jackson where I was a week ago looking for ghosts and there was no ghosts. So I go and I pick up the boxes. 
Then I backtrack back to Roseville, pick up my lady, 9.30, drive her back to Vitalant, drop her off. I go do the route, okay? And got done at about 12.30 or 1.00. Something like that. Got a call to do a stat. Take a stat over to Mercy San Juan. No problem. Ran that over there. Once I was done with there, with that, I got, I went, I had, I got some, I had to get some lunch. After lunch, I decided, okay, I gotta get some bits for the parts. I gotta get some new drill bits for these parts for my car. The coil packs. The plugs already got changed out. So it's kind of like a half-assed kind of tune-up, right? Change the plugs. I gave up on the meth head. She kept saying I'm going to show up. She doesn't show up. What are you going to do? Fuck her. So I grab the bits. I go to Target. I get some muscle milk. My lady's been I don't know, for whatever reason, she takes it with her medicine and um, some ibuprofen. Some drill bits. Oddly enough, they had these particular drill bits I needed. Who'd have thought, right? And once I get done with that, now I'm excited because I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back today. I'm going to work on that motherfucking car. I'm going to work on that motherfucking car. And, but I still got a little time to kill because I had to stop. My only stop left was over at Fair Oaks to pick up the donations. And so I had a little time to kill. So I went over to the, uh, Fair Oaks Library, and I go in there, and there's usually like a little, like a little case, like a little spinning little bookcase that has books for sale. I don't know why. Maybe nobody, you know. Every now and then, I think they just kind of get rid of some excess inventory or whatever, and they sell them for like a buck or two bucks, right? Like, why even charge? But what the fuck ever. And it's on a, like, there's a little canister. It looks like a little mini mailbox. And you just put the money, I guess you just put the money in there. But I didn't know that. So I, I'm looking through all these books and I find, I couldn't believe I found this book I've been looking for. It's, a, it's Steve Martin's autobiography, Born Standing Up, about his early years as a stand-up. And a lot of people don't realize, but this boring-ass fucking comedian guy, this guy that, this actor, Steve Martin, this older guy, used to be huge, like a huge stand-up act, like an assassin. Like this guy was a an assassin. He was he was like one of the first real like big theater acts, right? So like everybody now talks about theaters. You know, Rogan's always talking about theaters. Dave Chappelle, theaters. Burt Kreischer, theater, theater, theater. Right? Well, this guy was doing theaters in like '78. Right? Huge. Um, and, uh, so I've been looking, well, I could have, you know, I've been wanting to get this book. I'd forgot. I kind of put it on the back burner forgot about it. I thought, eh, you know, I'm sure I can find it on Amazon, but I hate Amazon. So I'd never go on Amazon, but I find it at the Ferox library for sale for two bucks. I'm like, what? Oh shit. So I go up to the desk. I'm like, Hey, this says here, this book's two bucks. She's like, yeah, just put the, you can just put the cash right in the little canister over there. I'm like, fuck, I don't even have any, 
and I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit. I go, I don't even have any cash. She goes, oh, that's okay. You can just take the book and then just come back and pay. I'm like, so you tell me you're just giving me this book for free? <laughs> so, no, it was, so I went out and I got, I actually rummaged through my lady's card and found $2 in coins. Went back in, put it in the canister, and I, and it's, it's, it's hard, it's barely, it doesn't even look like it's been used, I don't know, so, so that's my thing, so I'm reading, now I'm reading Steve Martin's autobiography, Born Standing Up, and, um, so then I go out and I, I pick up over Ferrochs, and I tell the girl, like, the girls, they're like, so, did you get any ghosts? I'm like, no, no ghosts. No fucking ghosts. There's no fucking ghosts. Nothing, fo- nothing followed me home. Nothing, you know, but it was all good. We had, a, we had a laugh about it, but no big deal. So I load up and take it over to Vital and drop it off. Then I head to the house. If I can get back to the house, pull the car around, pop the hood, and I just start pulling shit apart. I took the valve cover off. I popped the, uh, I popped the screw holding in the, uh, it's this, this piece that kind of keeps all the coil packs in. So I yanked that out. I replaced the coil packs, put everything back together, screw it back in, put the valve cover back on, turn the car over, nothing. And so it's going, but it's it's still kind of got a weird wobble to it. And I'm thinking, fuck, you know what it is? It's probably the fucking fuel pump. It's fucking probably the fucking fuel pump. Cause I the the gas has got real low, and you don't want to you don't want to get it too low, and and particularly with cars with turbos and shit. So I think I maybe I fucked up the turbo. I don't even know, but I got it now. I'm just like fuck it. I'm done with crackheads. I'm done with working on this shit. I'm going to take this over to the shop Monday. I'm going to have them just tell me, like, what the fuck's really going on? The diagnostics were, were throwing codes for the plugs. But the change the plugs out, change the coil packs, and still, nothing, nothing. But in the meantime, so I'd called my, my 21-year-old because there's a fucking hurricane headed for the West Coast, okay? First time has ever happened since... 1938. She's, um, she's fine. Everything's, uh, she was telling me they, they were evacuating Catalina. So I'm like, what? Like, damn. How are they going to do that? Cause you I mean, there's no, like, there's no like lumber company. There's no lumber yard. There's no big box retailers on, uh, you know, uh, on Catalina that, you can get some plywood and just start boarding up the house and stuff. So the, so they're all like, I, like they all, they all left. Most of them left. I mean, there's probably a couple of like real, like, you know, some militia types or something hunkered down in the hills, maybe a couple of hermits living up in the hills up there by the, you know, up by the airport there. But, but for the most part, so when I turn on the weather channel, like an old white guy, there's not a boat in the fucking dock. All the boats are gone. All in the in uh, the little 
marina there now avalon there's not the only boat there is a ferry waiting for people to load up but not one single boat in that dock like it's weird like eerie and then to and then today it's kind of balmy kind of overcast so my uh 21 year old she called me i, I said so what's going on what's how's it looking so this morning or this is yesterday now they finally got some rain. So it's, now it's now it's kind of coming down. Now it's raining on them. We're getting... We're supposed to get some kind of rain today. But yesterday it was just balmy. Just Florida. Muggy. Cloudy. Gross. But... Uh, so then after that... So I cracked my book. I started reading. And it's a good book. Steve Martin. I mean, Steve Martin. Dude, people... Gosh, that dude was the comedian. Like, um, from 78 to, like, 83, like, the stuff that he did was just uh, unbelievable. Like, he, this, this is kind of, this book is kind of like, kind of like a how-to or like a, or, or kind of a, mm, it's for anybody, if you want to be a comedian, like, this is this would be the book, you know? Um, even the blurb on the back, it said, um, says, uh, absolutely magnificent, and magnificent. One of the best books about comedy and being a comedian ever written. Now it's Jerry Seinfeld. Old Jerry Seinfeld did that. Old Jerome, Jerome Seinfeld. And um, so I read, like, the first few chapters of that is and it's easy like you can read big chunks of it it's a lot it's a lot like jeff gordonier's book about renee redzepi um you can just read real big chunks it's not it's not overly dense it's just it's a good solid book but it's uh it's not really like there's no small type it's just you could like i say you can it's a subject matter you can really just kind of rip through big chunks of it and just get out get enjoy it you know Talk about his early days, excuse me, when he worked for uh, Disneyland when he was like 10 and uh, kind of a strained relationship with his father, working at Knott's Berry Farm, honing his act, starting out as a magician, then his early years is uh, like uh, all that, you know, he was kind of there at the... uh, infancy of Saturday Night Live too in 75 when it first came out I mean he just it was just good timing all that stuff's good timing because Disneyland opened in 55 when he was 10 and he went and it was like two miles from his house so he'd bike to Disneyland he'd work there he was like a C student and he learned by watching the other performers the other magic acts and uh, kind of comedian vaudeville oriented type acts he would watch them, watch their timing, listen for where they hit the right, you know, the emphasis on certain words and how it elicited the response that it got. And, uh, yeah, he just, he's like, he, he definitely got dialed. I mean, it, it, it's what dial, it got him dialed and he was, he he was a pro, he was a master. I mean, his, his act and his act was real clean too, but it was brilliant. Like really really finely tuned you know just absurd just ridiculously absurd stuff you know like his balloon animals and stuff that didn't look like 
animals, you know, shit like that. Or taking the whole audience over to like McDonald's and then just ordering like one, you know, cheeseburger. Like it's brilliant. Like just absurd, right? I think because he was like a philosophy student or something when when he went to college. But so he was always kind of keeping you on in your mental back foot, right? But uh, fascinating shit. So, but after that, after that, uh, I had to go pick up my lady. So I got done working on the car to no avail. Drove it around. It drives around town, but again, when you stop, it just kind of has this, wa- there's a wobble there. Like I, I've corrupted a fuel line of some sort. It, it, it's got to be what it is. But now I'm also thinking like, shit, now what am I going to do? I got to, you know, I can't drive my lady's car forever. Although I like, I like driving this little turd, you know? It's fun. I don't know. It's just, I'm afraid to wash it though. Cause I'm afraid something will fall off, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but, uh, uh, other than that, other than that, it's great. And then, so I went to go pick her up, picked, and we were, we decided we were going to go get a bite to eat after, um, after work. And so we went over to this, uh, this little diner there called Brookfields, which is a local, it's a local joint. It's a local joint. He's a local boy. And, um, she ordered the meatloaf. <laughs> I, me, myself, see, I'm already kind of like, I'm just kind of in a state. Like, I, I've, I, I'm sp- specifically like, Looking pretty ragtag, little disjointed. No collar on my shirt. I mean, the shirt's stretched out. The collar stretch, or it's just a regular old SF T-shirt. Colors don't match. I got running shoes on. Running shoes are all worn out. I don't give a fuck. So I take her to I take her to this little diner, and I had this uh, I had the seared ahi wasabi burger. Oh fuck. This place is pretty good. You can get a little, like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's a little like, um, Cheesecake Factory. Like, there's a little, it's kind of like across the board. You can get all kinds of funky, you know, you can get Mexican-inspired stuff. You can get burgers, sandwiches, roast beef, prime rib, wasabi, ahi, whatever, meatloaf, you know. It's kind of a home, it's kind of a home cooking type thing. And, uh, but they also, they also serve beer. I just, uh, it is Friday night. I'm like, fuck it, man. It's Friday night. So I got this beer. It's called a, uh, high water monkey knife fight, uh, IPA or a pale ale or some shit. I don't even know. I just like the name high water monkey knife fight. That's the name of the beer. High water monkey knife fight. <laughs> it just conjures up good, good feelings. Really? And that was that was Friday night. Um, so other than that, yeah, it's been um, it's just been busy. Luckily, like I say, my my lady's schedule kind of mimics mine, or mine kind of overlaps with hers. So as I'm. I'm still able to function, but I think what I'm going to do, there's, so I, I, 
So Saturday, I was looking for cars. I'm like, fuck, you know what? If it's bad, like when I take this Audi to the shop and it's either going to go one of two ways. It's going to go really good or really bad. It's going to be like, ah, you just need a fuel pump. Okay. Or you need a whole new engine and a car. Then it's like, okay. But like I say, I keep getting, <laughs> I keep getting these dispatches from um, Ireland. Like my son, he's like, uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you a question about the Audi. He's just so, he's fired up for this car. I'm like, bro, you don't even know, dude. You don't even know this thing. It's like just fucking, it's, it's sticking a, a shop vac in my wallet every month. But um, he goes, uh, he texts me from Ireland. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you a question about the Audi and insurance will i get the audi when i have enough money for insurance or no i'm just wondering would you pay for the first month just so i can get an idea <laughs> i'm like right now bro the audi is not running sonny boy um so i gotta figure out what what it costs to get it going could be pricey so he goes, so he goes no worries if it's still not running by the time i got my job job I don't know why I said that twice. And working, I would love to help pay if I can. But let me know anything. Thank you, Dad. Oh, and I start training the 28th. Do I get paid for it? <laughs> so when he gets back and starts his job, I'm like, yeah, of course you're going to get paid. So, but again, we'll see. I may just kind of turn this car over to him as a project car. Make it a project car. And me, I'm going to get, I don't know, I, I, I'm looking at this Subaru, okay? Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Su oh, look at you, fucking Subaru. Okay, you've been talking shit the whole time. And now you're going to just join him, aren't you? You fucking, you fucking Subaru motherfucker. But, but, hear me out. It's not like it, it's not, it's not like it seems. <laughs> um, this will be if I do if I do move forward with this it's an older Subaru and the beauty of it is like you go up to like these foothill towns and that's every that's what everybody's driving and these things are all every in every Subaru you see it looks like it's like centuries old you know but it's still running it's like fuck it that's that that could be the thing you know it could work it could kind of serve several purposes you know Taking it camping, taking it off road, taking it into the woods, sleeping in the back. Uh, all wheel drive systems for the snow for when we go up to like Grass Valley when we get five feet of snow, you know. Um, and just one of those durable, it's just going to be one of those durable cars, right? And it's kind of, again, it's like, it's the perfect confluence of what the, the rednecks and the hippies all kind of come together and... You know, it's, although my take's always been with Subarus, it's like, typically they're driven by over, over-educated white guys, like supremely educated, like too, like too educated, right? Like 
I think it's, it's almost like a prerequisite. It's almost like a mandate of some sort. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be... You have to have a couple master's degrees. You got to be kind of uh, borderline obnoxious. You got to be kind of out of sorts with things. Not very fashionable. <laughs> I don't know. Or you got to be some old hippie up there with like your hair down to your ass. Male or female. Looking kind of tan but ruddy. You know? And the Subaru's got to have about two inches of dirt on it. And it's got to make a noise that doesn't sound natural to a car, but it still keeps running. And that's what the experience, that's the experience I'm looking for, right? So, so we'll see. So yeah, this weekend is just, this last weekend has been really just a series of tracking down cars. I found, I found the Subaru I want. I'm just, it, now I just got to figure out if I'm going to pull the trigger. Do I pull, do I pull the trigger on this shit and just kind of give the... Audi to the boy. Roll the dice, this poor bastard. So we'll see. I don't know. It's, you know, such are the struggles. I mean, first world problems, old white guy problems, old, guy, old white guy watching the Weather Channel type problems, you know, whose son is like asking him for cars from Ireland. Like, fuck, man. Like, how did I? How did I, how did I get into this, this this position of disgusting privilege? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have to answer that. You know why? I don't know why. Cause I work hard. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'll probably do. Is I'll probably now that, I mean, the heat, the real heat. I think is is kind of cresting. We're at, at that point. I remember days like this, like the balminess of August back in the day when I was like real young. I remember, that, you know, this was the time of year in August. If it got too hot or too balmy, you get some of those clouds. Like we got, like we got at the Airbnb up at Jackson when we were traipsing through the cemetery with lightning and shit like that. Just balmy, just dark. Like you just unsuspecting. It's unsuspected, un un. Uh, or surprising, unpredictable weather patterns this time of year. It's kind of enjoyable. It's kind of interesting. It kind of, it's a segue into fall as we get closer to like Labor Day in September. Right? So, that's what's up. That's what it is. So, I'm, um, eh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what shakes loose. Uh, I'm already kind of in the, I'm already on, when I get stuff in my head, man, it's just hard for me to get rid of it. There's a good chance I'm probably going to fucking get that stupid Subaru. Fuck. White guy problems. White people problems. But there's a white people problem, man. Fucking old white guy. Fucking old white. Why don't you go fucking watch the Weather Channel, you old fuck? All right? But other than that, man, I hope everybody's doing all right. You know? Hope everybody's... Just keeping their head above water. You know, I think that's what, I think that's what people, I think this is really going on. Is like, it's hard to tell on the surface, but I think people are just trying to keep it together. Just usually just trying to keep it together. Maybe that's the way it's always been. I, was, I don't know. I read this thing like, uh, I read this meme 
funnier than hell. I sent it to, uh, I think I sent it to like my lady or something. It says, uh, where is it? Dun, 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 dun. It says, uh, when I was your age, I owned my own house. Shut the fuck up, Pauline. They cost about six grand back then, you fucking fossil. <laughs> like, that's what... That's uh, that's reality, you old fossil. You fucking old fuck. Tell me how things were. When I was your age, I was, do, I was taking 21 units. And I was working 60 hours a week and I raised a family. All on minimum wage. And I had a car and a house. I had five kids. Did I mention I took 21 units and I bought and I owned my own house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why? Because back then, you could live on the minimum wage. You old fucking fossil. You old fuck. You fucking old fuck. <laughs> anyway, that's the podcast, boys and girls. Hope you enjoyed it. So, we got some stuff coming up in the World Champs. Hang tight. It's starting to really pop off. We got a lot still left to see. We got the 1,500 meters. We got Jacob Ingerbritsen. I was watching uh, I was watching the old, I was watching 1984, 1,500 meter uh, men's final from Los Angeles, the Olympics, LA Olympics, 84. The one that Sebastian Coe won. Ran 332. Like three, like fucking... Fucking hell right. So when I'm waiting for my lady, as I'm picking, when I pick her up, I got, you know, I get there about 10 minutes early, just waiting on her. So I'm watching this video, Sebastian Coe winning the 1984 men's 1500 meter Olympic title in 80, in Los Angeles, the LA Olympic Games. Outkick Steve Cram, who at the time I believe was a world record holder. And then uh, Jim Spivey was in the final from Indiana ended up going he got second in the world championships in 87 i think he got second yeah uh in rome when he was up on the podium they pronounced his name jim speeway but it's spivey <laughs> but the italians they said speeway jim speeway but uh what a race but but now we got i mean this is how i guess this is how little things change because ingebrigtsen is gonna. He's probably gonna win the fifteen hundred at the World Champs this week, and it's probably gonna be about three thirty-two or thereabouts, right? So in what thirty thirty-nine years ago? Thirty-nine years ago, Sebastian Coe, who, by the way, is the president of the of the world athletics body. I mean, he runs it all now. He's the man. I mean, he's a 141 half mile. The dude ran 141. The dude was the, he was the world record holder in the 800 meters at 141 back in the eighties, the early eighties. And what's changed since then? Just home prices. You fucking fossil, Pauline, you fucking old fossil. All right. That's the, uh, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, go f- fuck yourself. I love you. All right. Talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies.